those of you who don't know me, my name is Travis. I'm the Youth and Next Gen pastor here at Connect. And right next to me is Pastor Justin. He's our kids pastor. And so if you're just checking us out and you're maybe coming here for the first few times, this is a different type of service than what we normally do. Um, we've been talking about last week, I, we, we talked through what it means to share your story and why that's really important and why Jesus equips us to be able to do that. And so this week, we thought it'd be really cool for Justin and I to share our stories with all of you. Because if you uh, really think about it for a second, what's really interesting about the two of us being up here is between us, we actually cover from birth all the way to college ministry between the two of us over the course of that leadership. And so that we have a lot of people that we cover here at Connect Church. And um, we wanted to take some time and share with you a little bit about that. And I think you'll see a kind of why we're so passionate about uh, the next generation, why we're so passionate about kids and youth and next gen and to beyond. And you all kind of see that through our stories and as a way of maybe if you've never gotten an opportunity to share your story or maybe you've never thought through it, hopefully uh, hearing ours will help you be able to do the same as you're going on your way and sharing your story with other people. And so uh, we wanted you to hear from our hearts for our students, hearts for our church, and kind of hearts for why we want to share our story. And so for those of you who don't know, Justin, you've been here for what, like a whole month, exactly. a whole 30 days as of like, I think today, right? The Almost. Ninth. Yeah, the ninth. So like uh, 30 days. Yeah. And so Justin's already been doing some awesome stuff with us. If you were part of Camp Connect, you know that Justin's amazing and he's really, really great with our kids. And so, um, so you've been here for a whole month. And so for those of us who haven't hung out with you yet, where are you? you from? Yeah, um, so I'm originally from a small town in Oregon, about an hour and a half south of Portland. It's called Philomath. It's spelled P-H, and so instead of an F, which a lot of people think it is for mm. some reason. But uh, that's where I grew up. I, I went to a Lutheran church just down the street with my uh, with my mom and my dad, and so that's that's kind of where I grew up. It's a cool place. If you've never been, go check it out. they got some wonderful uh, scenery to look at. Yeah, Oregon's very, very, very pretty, uh, for sure. And so so you grew up in this Lutheran church. Uh, you have a yeah, family, of course, and you're hanging out there. Did you know Jesus then, going to church? You know, I, I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know him him personally. Um, you, know, you know, I wasn't seeking the Lord daily and, and sure. in quiet time and, and in prayer and and instead, I would just do my, you know, normal day stuff during the week and then would go to church on, on Sunday. You know, my, my church didn't have a youth group. It didn't have a, a kids ministry. So it was just the big church. And um, that's hard when you're, when, when you're a little kid. But, um, you, you know, I, during that time, I, I really often thought of myself as better than everybody else. I was, I was kind of in this... Um, you know, I, I just thought of myself as better. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't drink until I was 21. You know, I didn't, I didn't go into the drug scene at all. And, and so I was like, Hey, if those people are doing it, then I'm better than them during that time. And, and so actually in my reading this, this past week, I came across this verse in Matthew 23. It says, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And I was like, wow. I can really look back as I was preparing for this where I was being humbled in life, and I can see where the, the, the enemy had a great hold on my life. Um, in middle school, uh, I was introduced to pornography for the first time, and that was an addiction that lasted over a decade um, and really um, 
really was hard on a lot of a lot of relationships. You know, I struggled with anxiety and depression, and and just like you know, our stories aren't over yet, and so that's still being worked on in my life. But I'm thankful for for all of these events because they led me to where I am today. Without going through what I went through, I would not have been the person I I, I am today, and so. Uh, you know, I went, went through, you know, public school up until high school, graduated high school. I, w- I went and worked at a summer camp where I was teaching um, people I, about Jesus. Now, I, I thought I was saved at that moment. You're, you know, I thought I was, I thought I knew of Jesus. Um, I, uh, I thought I knew him personally um, during that time. And actually, it was, it was, it was interesting because during that time, yeah. I had just finished um, telling a, a story. And, and one of these, one of the, the leaders was like, hey, have you ever thought about going into ministry? And I said, absolutely not. Yeah, that's a really weird question to ask somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Yeah, no, I said, <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely <laughs> not. I wanted to be like a cop at the time. I wanted to help people. I wanted to, to, to run in and, and, and save people uh, when, they're, you know, when, it's, when it's unsafe in those situations. But little did I know that I would be helping people in a completely different way um, later on in life. Um, and so after, after that summer camp, I, I, I went and to college. I went to Oregon State University. I studied about six different things in two years. I didn't really know what I wanted uh, to do in life. And I, I was really struggling with community. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to figure out what I want to do. I don't want to spend any more money. And so I went down to Anaheim, California, and I worked at the Disneyland Resort uh, for a year. I worked on the um, Frozen show. Believe it or not, I am not Elsa. Um, sorry for that, but I'm not um, that. But I worked there. It was honestly, it was one of the most magical times of my life. But at the same time, it was the worst time of my life. I felt the most away from God. I was first introduced to a lot of different things. I was in a lot of toxic relationships that hurt a lot of people, and and you know, I was thinking very selfishly uh, during that time. And so I left that college program after eight months of, of being there, and I uh, went back to college, but I was still really depressed. I went through this really, really deep, dark, depressive um, stage in my life, and I was like, I don't really know what, what I want to do, and so I was like, let me just make a change. I feel like I need community. Let me just make a change. So I packed up my stuff. I moved to Arkansas. I went to the University of Arkansas to study sports management. And it was a big move, but I could definitely tell. I don't know how I ended up there, but I know that the Lord led me there for a reason. And yeah. Yeah. So you are, you lived in Oregon. You went to school there, yeah. right? And you're studying. You're not really sure what you want to do. You had somebody maybe try and push you in one direction, yeah. but you were like, I'm not doing that. And then you landed while you're in college. You're lonely. You're not really sure what to do with that. You go to Disney World because it's the most magical place on earth. And then you end up, it's not so magical yeah. for you. <laughs> and so you're like, I'm just going to go. And so you land in Arkansas by yourself yeah. with nobody else because like you didn't know anybody over there. Yeah. So like, how did you do in Arkansas? Like, how did you interact with community? Did you find that or not really? Yeah, no, I, I did. And, this, and it was extremely important. And it really showed the importance of community. Um, when I was on my visit in, in November, my dad, we were driving down the highway. And my dad's like, hey, that is a massive church of the highway and he's like you know we're here on sunday let's go check it out and so we went there on sunday and we they had a time where they're like hey turn around you know meet the person behind you this guy asked me hey what are you here for and i said oh i'm here for for a college visit he goes hey did you know that there is a college group that meets on wednesday nights and i was like oh well that's what i want that's that's the community i wanted and so 
I, I heard that, and I don't even remember the rest of this, the service, to be honest. All I remember is this is where I'm going. I'm going. I, I signed a lease um, while I was there and, and got accepted and, and moved um, at, at the beginning of 2020. And we all know what happens a few months later after that. COVID did hit. But before that, I, I had an uh, amazing um, time with that college group. I, within 30 seconds of me being at their first service, I was in a group me and I was in a small group. Um, we actually called ourselves the dad pad because we were all really old um, for our age. So I don't know why we did that. But, um, and, and so we, uh, you know, we had that small group and, and, and it, was, it, was an, it was an awesome, awesome time. And of course, COVID came around and, and kind of shut everything down. Uh, my, my friends actually pushed me um, to be baptized um, a week before COVID had hit. Um, and so they, they pushed me that, hey, I think you need to, I think you need to take this next step because I, I thought I knew Jesus at that moment. Um, but little did I know, I, I, I didn't. And so the community that I once had uh, was, no longer, was no longer there. I was now back um, alone again. Yeah, and so like how did that loneliness look? Because you were looking for that community so desperately, didn't find it in Oregon. You're kind of like, I got to get out of here. Didn't find it at Disney World, got to get out of here. You're going over to Arkansas and then you find it finally, yeah. and then it's gone. So like, how do you interact with that loneliness? Yeah, it, it, it was tough. And, and even though I had been baptized and I, I thought I was saved, I, I fell right back into sin. Um, you know, I, during that time, I was on um, probably every dating app possible, trying to find some sort of self-worth, trying to you know, meet up with people, trying to figure out how to fulfill something in my life that I needed, um, what, or what I thought I needed. Um, and, and little did I know that, that I needed Jesus at that time to change my life. Hmm. I love that. So then how did the church treat you in the middle of this? Yeah, no, they, they were great. W without them, I wouldn't be here uh, today, really. And I actually had a really, really good friend um, who actually is serving in the Middle East right now. Um, hmm. But he, he uh, I, I contacted him. I'm like, hey, I'm missing something. Um, I don't know what this word mentorship means but I know I need something. And so let me just give it a try. And so he's like, okay, well, let's, let's meet at this, this coffee shop. And so I went there and I remember this conversation so vividly because he, he looked at me and he said, Justin, you are going to hate me for what I'm going to push you to do. You know, you are, I'm going to tell you to do things that you don't do now. I'm going to call you out on your sin. I'm going to, I'm going to help you because I love you. Hmm. And at that time I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if that's love. But clearly, you know, he was trying to push me into what it looks like to follow um, Jesus at, the, at that moment. And so I remember, I remember him also. He's being like, hey, you know, this is the first thing I want you to do. I want you to open your Bible and read in John. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I had tried reading my Bible. You know, I had started in Genesis, made it to, you know, the temple being built. And I was like, wow, this, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so I remember him saying, just, just open it and try it. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. Close the door behind me. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I didn't do it. I didn't do it at all. I didn't open my Bible. I didn't try to do what he told me to do because I was like, I know Jesus. I know. I, 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 I do. And so, um, you know, he, he was great. He really, really pushed me to do some amazing things. And, and just mentorship is so important um, to just, just with your walk with Jesus, to be able to have somebody push you um, to the next step. Yeah, I love that. So you're, you moved to Arkansas. COVID hits. 
loneliness hits, you don't handle it the best, you fall right back into sin, you're kind of starting to see that maybe your life's not going the way that it should. The church is still coming alongside you in the middle of you running away. Yeah. yeah? And you have this mentor who comes alongside you to kind of push you forward in life yeah. and tell you some hard things that you didn't really want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're in the middle of this dark season where you, you're not really sure what to do. How did you get out of it? Yeah, and, and so during, um, during that COVID time, I, had, I was I was dating a girl, and um, about three three months in her show, she sat me down. And she said, "Hey, Justin, I don't think that you are a spiritual leader. I don't think that you're saved. I don't think that you've given your life to Christ. I don't. I I just I just don't think that you're you're a Christian." And it hurt a lot because I was like, "If this is what Christians are like, if they're going to tell me this, then I don't want any part of it." And so I, I had left the church completely for months. I was like, I'm not doing this. Absolutely not. I'm going to live my own life. You know, fell back into sin. And, 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 you know, I was going down this dark path. I was running. I was running as hard as I could away from, from God. And um, luckily, my mentor stayed in contact with me. And he's like, hey, uh, just try to come back to church. You know, the fall start back up. Call troops start back up. Just, just try. And so I was like, eh, okay, fine. I'll go. And so I, I went and, and, you know, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, this community is something I'll, I'll give it a try again. Um, and so I, I went there and, and the college group was starting back up and they were looking for dream teamers to start a small group. And I was like, well, hey, I, these, this small group was, was amazing in my life. And so maybe I can do that for somebody else. And um, I, I applied. Uh, I didn't hear back. Didn't hear anything. And, so I reached out to the pastor. I'm like, hey, am, am I good to go? Or like, like, what's going on? And he's like, hey, come in and talk to me. I sat down with him. And he told me almost word for word exactly what that girl had told me months and months ago. Hmm. That I wasn't saved. And that I wasn't going to be a spiritual leader for them. And that I wasn't truly, I didn't truly know Jesus. And I was like, well, I, I've had two people tell me this now. This is probably something I need to look at. And it, and it was hard because my whole life had turned upside down at that point. And, and so I went um, back home that night, and, and I remember um, my mentor's words in my head, just open and John and read it. And so I opened it, I, I read it, and at that moment, everything kind of clicked. Everything clicked that I was like, I, I need a Savior. I need something to fulfill the hole in my life. I, I need Jesus because I know that I'm sinful. And I can't, I, I can't get out of this sin unless I Jesus in, in my life. And so I gave uh, my life to, to Christ that night, but I remember I closed my Bible and I said, I guess the next thing to do is pray. I don't know what the May next step well. is. And so I closed my, I closed my Bible. I, I started praying. And if you've, if you've ever had that moment where you have a prayer where it's directly from the heart, where you end your prayer and you're like, what just came out of my mouth? I have no idea. And, and that was exactly what that was. And, and I gave my life to Christ um, that night. And, and you know, I, I started following him. I started reading. I started, you know, dedicating my life to him. And, and a few months uh, or a, a few days um, into it, I was struggling because I didn't have an internship lined up for my sports management degree at all. And because COVID had shut everything down, everyone lost their jobs. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my, with, with my life at this point. And um, I was in prayer. I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. And he said, I have something better planned for you. You're going to go into ministry. Hmm. And he said, put your yes on the table and go. And I said, I'll go. I'll do it. And from that moment on, the Lord has opened up uh, so, so many doors and, and has so many bigger plans than I would ever 
I love that. So you are confronted with a similar story from a girl you were dating, this pastor who came into your life. They tell you the exact same thing. The Lord really pulls you to himself. You actually finally get it. <laughs> you give yourself to the Lord. And then in that same, almost same moment, the Lord calls you to ministry away from the thing that you were searching, whatever that may have been. Yeah. And it's actually, it's funny because like a full circle moment from yeah. back when you were at camp, when that person was like, yeah. you should go into ministry. And you said, no, right? Um, and so all of that kind of shifted in that same moment. And I love that. So why do you feel like the Lord called you to specifically to kids ministry then? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, I was thinking about this question and, 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 as I, I really struggled with what I wanted to do in ministry or what the Lord wanted me to do in ministry. You know, I thought maybe summer camp because I had done summer camp at one point. And then I look back and I'm like, hey, I never had a youth or a kids ministry at all. I never did. And, and if I could, if I could, you know, if the Lord put on a vision, if I can just have a ministry to help somebody not go through what I went through, then that would be amazing that would fulfill what the Lord uh, has, has called me to do. And so I started doing a deep dive into my life. I'm like, well, how has the Lord prepared me for that? And every job I've ever had in my life has always been with kids. And it was to, to help me get to a point where I know how to talk to them, where I know how to interact with them, where I know how to connect with them. You know, as a lifeguard, as a swim instructor, they always gave me the, 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 the elementary kids. And I kept asking for the older kids, and they said, no, you can't do that. And so they kept giving me all, all, these, all these times where I could just really develop the skill that the Lord wanted me to go into. And he placed in my heart the vision for kids' ministry. You know, we, the, the place where it's, uh, you know, welcoming and, and, and a place where maybe they feel true love that they've probably never felt before. Mm -hmm. And a place where we can equip and encourage parents to be the spiritual leader in the household. And where we can call kids and we can call leaders to lifelong ministry, just like, just like Jesus told us to do. And, and it's a place where we can really just feel the manifest presence of God. And that's what the Lord laid on my heart. Love that. Love that. So you've been listening to the Lord, pursuing his call in your life through bunch of different people who kind of intervened along the way. And so you started in Oregon, you end up in Arkansas, now you're in Akron, Ohio. So you've kind of like gone coast to coast almost at yeah. this point. Uh, why'd you land in Akron? I have no clue. Nice. <laughs> I have, I have no clue. And you know, the thing is, is th this is what I'm going to tell you. When you tell the Lord that your yes is on the table, you better be ready to go wherever the Lord calls you to go. Hmm. And my yes was on the table, and I was willing to go wherever, and, and thankfully the Lord gave me an amazing wife that was willing to do that with me. And, and so I, I don't know how I, I, I truly ended up here, but I know it was the Lord. And, and you know what's so interesting is, is there was a lot of hardships getting here. But there's also, you know, amazing times. I got married and, and you know, have the love of my life with me, but I think... There is a lot of, of, of obstacles um, to get here, and that just shows that the Lord has amazing plans for me, and the enemy wants to stop that yeah. here. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, I found the church through, through an online um, job board, and we've been talk I talked to Jay for a very, very long time and, and starting to get things going with that. But I know that the Lord has amazing plans here. I, I know that he do, and I can feel that, and I can, I can already see that working. Love that. I love, thank you for sharing your story there, Justin, because like, yeah. I think that that's, 
it's an incredible one <laughs> where the Lord really showed up. And yeah. I, I think that's amazing. Yeah, and so yeah, the Lord really showed up on my life, and I can really see where the dots that he put, where I can connect them all to see that. Yeah. And, and you know, what's interesting is, is you know, I, I, I've been a Christian for a few years now, but I know a little bit about your story, and I know that you have followed Christ for a while. And so you ended up, you, so you grew uh, up in, up here in Akron. How, how did you end up going to church? Yeah, great question. So I, um, yeah, I grew up here in Akron, and I didn't really grow up going to church, at least at the beginning. My parents both have uh, complicated history with church. My mom kind of grew up uh, as her and her mom were the only two Christ followers in their house, and the rest of their house was very dysfunctional. And so my story is actually much similar to when Timothy's talking to Paul, and he's yeah. and he tells him like, reflecting on your story, Timothy, like your faith came from your grandma who passed it down to your mom who passed it down to you, and that's much similar to my story because my dad grew up in the Catholic Church, and they did some really horrible things, and that's a story for another day uh, to his family specifically and to him, and so he was, grew up like resenting the church and was kind of walking away from that, and so uh, we didn't really go to church for a long time, and so uh, right before fifth grade, I was outside one day playing with my friend Brian down the street. He lived like four houses down, and we were out playing in the mud and in our jeans, and um, the only thing I knew about about church at that time was we'd occasionally go just you know maybe on Christmas maybe on Easter and all I knew about it was I had to wear a suit and they bribed me with cookies and so I every time we went I got a cookie and I had to wear a suit and so it was like a good thing and a bad thing mixed in and I didn't really know anything else about church or why we went or why we were there I just had my cookie and there we were and so I'm hanging out with Brian and it's a Saturday night I'm like I mean we got muddy like we were just out in the yard doing kid stuff and his mom comes out and is like all right it's time to go to church and I was like well I only just got here but yeah I can go but I should probably go home and change like I've got mud all over me I'm in jeans and the whole thing and he goes oh no no you're good like you can just you can come just the way you are to church like you don't have to change who you are to go and I was like that was a wild concept to me and so I went and I loved it and the thing that was cool for me was uh, I was learning guitar at the time. I no longer play, but I did at the time. And they had a full band, and I thought that was amazing. And so I had this great experience come, going with Brian from an invite from a friend who was just out playing in the mud that he had the boldness to ask me to go. And I actually turned around the next day because it was Sunday, and they were doing the services again at that same church that Sunday. And so I told my parents and my sister, I'm like, we should go. Like, this was awesome. And so we went and it kind of started me down this path of going to church and figuring out who Jesus was, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you have this friend that, that invites you to church and that just shows the, really the importance of just inviting people yeah. um, to, to just come as they are. And, and, and so you're at this church, you know, you know, you know, your friend here, how long did it take you to come to know Jesus? Yeah, that took almost a full year. <laughs> so that I kind of was around, I was going to their kids ministry stuff. I was going to church on Sundays and being involved and making friends and doing cool things. And then it took me about a year before it really clicked. They used to do this thing at, at that church I was going to at the time called Judgment House. Mm 
and they'd always do them around October when all the other haunted houses were around, and they were like these walk-through plays that were designed to scare the hell out of you, literally. And so, um, and so they were always the the story of them were always something along the lines of uh, some family you'd follow around, somebody in the family would die in some sort of tragic way, and then you'd follow them through their afterlife experience. And that's how all of the judgment houses were always presented. And so at that, though, they recreated the crucifixion at this one. And I had heard the story of Jesus countless times at that point, because I'd been going every Wednesday and Sunday since Brian invited me. And um, it didn't really make sense that Jesus died for me, that he rose again for me, and that he wants to give me a new life until I, like, watch somebody act it out. And so something visual of that, like, made it click for me, and I realized I need Jesus. And so I uh, started following him (laughs) and gave my life over to him. Um, And yeah, that was, it was great. Yeah, so you you went to this judgment house and it yeah. was a crazy experience yep. you know you 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 knew of him you knew of jesus but now you feel it mm-hmm. and, and so now that you're you know since since knowing jesus yep. from, from that time how has the lord prepared you for your call to ministry yeah so he's prepared me in in a bunch of different ways and so i think one of them was uh so i after knowing jesus at judgment house and following him and accepting him i went on my life and kept trying to pursue him and doing that and it was awesome but one of the things that happened right before I hit high school uh, so middle that was kind of like all the way through middle school was pretty great (laughs) and then right before um, right before high school happened my parents went through a really dark time in their marriage and it was really and they're they're good now they were actually here this morning at the first service and they're they're amazing if you've never met them before Uh, but and they they're they're awesome individuals but they went through this really dark time in their marriage and it kind of pushed me away from the church I ran away much like you ran away right and because to me it felt like the church was splitting my family apart when you know they were supposed to be the place that unifies people and brings them together and to me it felt like all that Jesus was doing was pulling my parents apart and I was like well then I want nothing to do with that if that's what you're going to be about Jesus and so I ran away and I went to a really dark spot myself and so I I uh experienced an addiction to pornography in the middle of all of that and I became really angry and I it was just not a great time in my life but what the Lord did do in the middle of this is that that went on for like about a year of me running and uh, he brought key people into my life at every point in my life and so at this point uh, Pastor Jay actually stepped into my life and I got to meet him and I was, you know, this was high school time and so he really helped me see and helped guide me and helped come alongside me in the middle of my hurt and all the things that were going on in my family and he really walked alongside me and I'm really thankful for that because he helped me see that the person I was running from was actually the only person who could help me through what I was going through and that's Jesus and so he helped kind of bring me back to center in that and it was it's awesome. And so from that point on, I kind of had a lot of other people come alongside me as well. And so, uh, you know, in college, which I'll talk about in a second, but I had a lot of really great people in college. I had Ivan and Heather come alongside me, who I talked about from Memphis. Um, And 
my parents and my sister and a lot of really great friends who really rallied behind me yeah. to prepare me for what he's been asking me to do, yeah. Yeah. you know. So, so you had a lot of key people in your life, you said, mm -hmm. and, and, and I know I had that in, in yeah. my story too. And so how did those people, um, you know, impact your call to ministry? What, what did that call to ministry look like? Yeah, my call to ministry actually looked like I, I, my senior year of high school was uh, really hard because I had two incredibly major surgeries that at the end of my senior year that put me in and out of the hospital and or bedridden for like six months. And so there was like even like a question of if I was even going to even be able to graduate. And in the meantime, as I was going through these surgeries, I had been preparing for almost a year with Jay to go on a missions trip to the United Kingdom. And so we were, we had all this prep work and all these things done. And I, there was, I talked to my surgeon before we did all of the surgeries and he was like, there's a really good chance you're not gonna be able to go like just realistically he's like i'm gonna do my best and we're gonna we're gonna work through this and like i'm gonna do everything i can to make sure that you can still go to this trip that you've been that you're so excited about but like i gotta be honest with you like it's a likelihood is small that we're going to be able to do that. And I said, okay, but we'll work through it. Like we'll, we'll do this. And so he, um, was awesome doctor and really helped me through that. And by the grace of God, he really actually healed me way faster than I was supposed to. Um, and I was able to go to the UK. I was able to go to camp that summer. And at camp, I don't remember what the guy was talking about at camp at all, but I remember sitting there and feeling like the Lord was really pushing in on my life that day. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the same thing that I felt when Jesus first asked me to follow him which was weird because I'm like, I already know I'm saved. I already know that I'm all in for him. Why are you asking me to do this a second time? I don't get this. And I didn't know what to do until the guy said, you know, uh, I, remember, I don't remember anything else he said, but I remember what he said it was, he said, uh, the people who have the most regret in life are the people who are called to do something and then don't. And for some reason that clicked with me where I was like, maybe I'm called to ministry. Maybe I should do that. And so maybe that's what the Lord's asking me to do. And so I pulled Jay aside that day and I said, hey, this is kind of what I'm feeling. This is how I think the Lord's moving in my life. I think he might be calling me to do ministry. And I don't know what that means because I'm already going to college for not ministry. And so um, I don't know what to do with that. And he's said, okay, cool. You shouldn't do it. And he said, here's all the reasons why ministry is awful. And he just like off the rip, he's like, you know, you're going to get the 2 a.m. phone calls. You're going to work every holiday. You're all, you're not going to make any money. You're going to be tired all the time. And he kind of walked me through some of those horror stories of what ministry can be and often is. And then at the end of that, he said, but it's also the most rewarding job you'll ever do. And it's the most blessed job you'll ever do. And I said, and he said, so what do you think? Knowing all of that. And I said, well, I think I'm still in. Like, let's go. <laughs> and, so, um, and so I did. And that, that was like my call to ministry. But much like you said, when you got that call to ministry, like people don't realize that you don't really know what that means or what that looks like or like what you should do with this information. Like you just have it now and you're like, okay, I guess I'll yeah. do ministry 
And so, um, and that's kind of where I was. And I was getting ready to go to the UK. And that summer was wild because I went, I got the clearance from my surgeon like three days before camp, went to camp, got the call to ministry, got back from camp for a week and a half, went to England, and then a week later left for school after I got back. And so um, there was not a lot of time to think. It was just a lot of like, well, let's just do the things that are there, you know? Yeah. And so you have this call to ministry. Mm-hmm. You're about to go off to college. Yeah. And so what was, now that you have this new call, what was your undergrad experience like? And how did that impact your call? Yeah, so my undergrad experience was incredible. I went to this big state school in Pennsylvania, and I was studying restaurants because my parents own three restaurants, if you didn't know. And I love cooking, and I love the restaurant world. And that was what I was originally going to do. I was going to go into the family business was my plan. And so, but I got this call to ministry, and I didn't really know what that meant. And so I got to meet Ivan and Heather, and they really pulled me into the ministry they were doing in the in the college uh, ministry there. And what was cool about their ministry in particular was rather than just being a random group of college students, they partnered with the local church, which always was really important to me because I was as I was reading in the Bible more and more, I'm like, the church is a big deal. So why are there so many people doing college ministry stuff without being connected to a local church? And they were like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I worked with them and kind of dove into what they were doing on campus and kind of helped, uh, had a great group of friends that we were really reaching people with the gospel on campus. And I had the benefit of my degree actually being really easy for me because of all my experience with the restaurants. And so I didn't really have to like try too hard, if you will, to do well in my hospitality management degree. And so it gave me the freedom to actually invest in the life of what Jesus was doing on campus. And so I was leading like five to six small groups a week and like doing some awesome stuff for the church in that way. And it was, it was really pivotal for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have this wonderful college experience. It it comes to an end, you graduate. So how did you end up from, from Pennsylvania back uh, to Akron. Yeah, so I joined staff actually with Ivan and Heather. I realized as I was journeying with them and doing all this ministry alongside of them that college ministry and like the next generation was where my heart was at. It wasn't just because I was there in the middle of it. Because, you know, sometimes you get excited about things just because they're right in front of your face. Uh, but that's not what was happening with me with, with college students. I just came to love college students and love all that, that, the life that college students bring. And so I joined them on staff and they said, yeah, you can do that. They're going to send you a different university than where we are because we're already here. And I said, great. And so I ended up at the University of Finley for a couple years and it was for two actually. And in between year one and year two, I got married to Ashley and she joined me on staff there too. And that was awesome. Um, But one of the things that was hard for me was uh, the we were really lonely in Finley. Yeah. And so one of the, another key person that was in my life, my sister actually ended up going to school at the University of Finley by the grace of God. And uh, she and really helped pull me out of some loneliness and really yeah. stepped in the gap in that way. And then my friend Bill and his family really did that alongside Mo. And, but I'm really thankful for Mo and how she stepped into my life in, in a very real way while I was there in Finley. And then um, we were 
really lonely in Finley and our jobs came to an end. And uh, because, not because of anything we did, but it was because of some funding issues on the church's side. And they told us, you got three months to find another job. And we said, okay. So Ashley and I started looking for stuff and we got Zippo nothing. Like we had applied to go, we went on tons of interviews and we got zero progress on anything. And our lease was running up and we decided, well, okay, so we can't move for a job because we don't have those and we have to leave. So where should we go? And so our prerequisite, we set a really low bar, which was let's move somewhere where we know a single person. That's it. <laughs> so um, we ended up landing on going to Akron, back to Akron, because we knew a lot of people here and not just one, we knew a few. And so uh, <laughs> we ended up landing here and we, it, it was crazy. We signed a lease for an apartment when we moved back here and we point blank told our landlord, we were like, we don't have jobs after this month. So all we can guarantee you is this month's rent and next month's rent. That's all we have. Can we still sign for a year? And he's like, okay. So uh, we ended up, we, we end up a week before we move. Uh, we are getting ready to go to this apartment and I get a phone call from my mom out of the blue and she was like, hey, I had something really weird happen at church. At the time, they were going to Grace Church in Bath and I had this really weird interaction with the pastor there where he said there's an opening for a college ministry position in their residency program where the, it's really cool. You'd be working with this guy who's kind of starting the college ministry from the ground up. I think it'd be a really good fit. And I said, that sounds awesome. Where's the but? Like you're about to say but and I know it. And she said, but but you'd have to go back to school to do it. And I'm like, I do not want to do that. I'm like, I'm not getting my master's degree. Thanks for letting me know, mom. And she's like, no, like you don't get it. Like the, the spirit's really showing up in this conversation. Like you need to at least think about it. I'm like, I guess I'll think about it, but like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going back to school. So I hang up the phone. Moments later, my dad calls me. They were working at separate restaurants at the time, and so they didn't know that the other one called because he called me in the middle of the lunch rush, which is why I picked up the phone, which is weird for my dad to step away from what he's doing to call me. So he calls me and he says almost the exact same thing. And he's like, you know that I don't feel the Holy Spirit move very often. This was just a crazy conversation I had. I think you really need to consider it. Like, will you at least pray about it? And I pushed back with him and I said, no, I'm not gonna do it, but I'll, I'll pray about it, I guess. I hang up the phone, and then immediately after I hang up, my friend, who I hadn't talked to in two years from college, just a good friend of mine, but I hadn't talked to him, no text, no, I hadn't even liked a Facebook post from him, like nothing. Um, for two years, he calls me, and I'm like, that's weird, Tyler's calling me. So I pick up the phone, and Tyler's like, hey, Travis, uh, super random, um, no, we haven't talked in a while, but I've been praying about this for two years, and the Lord just now told me I had to call you to tell you, you have to go back to school like you need to go to seminary I was like well okay <laughs> so I guess I have to and so that's what brought me back to Akron was we we were looking for community we just kind of leapt before we had any other answers and then the Lord filled in the answers in the middle of it you know yeah, yeah that that's awesome so you you can really see where the Lord was really preparing you for for, for everything. And so how did you end up here at, at, at Connect? And, and, and tell us why you're passionate about the next gen. Yeah, so I ended up back at Connect because uh, my residency there ended and 
residencies end, they just do. And so, but when my residency ended, it was in the middle of COVID. And so no churches were hiring after COVID. It just wasn't happening because most churches, all, all churches didn't know where they were financially after COVID. And there was a lot of question marks there. So nobody was hiring. And so I got nothing. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this new seminary, big seminary degree that the Lord so clearly asked me to go get. I have no options. And so I ended up going and working for my parents in the restaurants because I love the restaurant. And uh, also I have a degree in it and I had a baby on the way. Thomas was on the way and it was actually a huge blessing. I ended up working there for almost a whole year. And it was a big blessing because I actually made money for the first time in my life because in ministry you make dozens of dollars. And so um, having make being able to make some money with a kid on the way and kind of bank that as our first kid was coming like was huge. And so I was I was able to do a lot of cool things at the restaurant, help my parents through that as well. And then in the middle of that, Jay called me up one day and he's like, hey, you want to go get some coffee? I have something I want to talk to you about. And I said, okay. And so we went and talked for a really long time. And he ended up saying, I have an opening to, for youth ministry and next gen, I'd love to hear kind of your heart for that and what that would look like. And we talked for a long time. One of the things I really appreciated in that moment from Jay was he really was like careful to not ruin our friendship because sometimes working with a really good friend and really good mentor and somebody you have history with is really hard. He's like, I don't want this to ruin that. I also don't want to just do this because it'd be cool because we are friends. Like I want to make sure the Lord's in this, that we prayed through it, that like this is actually what the Lord's asking. And so we both took some time to pray through that and seek the Lord and seek wise counsel. That actually what ended up landing me here and it's been an awesome fit. I'm very thankful to be here, you know? So you, you're here now, mm -hmm. and you, you, you know, you're with Youth and Next Gen. So, so talk to us why you're so passionate. Yeah, I'm, I think I love college students. I love the next generation because I think students can change the world. I really, really believe that. I know that um, you know, a lot of students, whether you're from middle school all the way to college, you're in the middle of making some of the biggest decisions that you will ever make within your lifetime. And by the time you graduate college, you've most likely made almost every single major life-altering decision that you will make. You'll make some other big ones once you leave college, of course, but a lot of the times in that early 20s time frame is when you're making the decision for who am I going to marry? Where am I going to buy a house? What's my career going to be? What kind of life am I going to lead? What, like, how am I going to live? And I love being part of that energy and part of that decision-making process. And I really believe that like students change the world. And I know you believe that yeah. as well. Yeah. And so um, we're really excited. I hopefully you can kind of see through both of our stories that sharing a story is really impactful and it's really important because each of you has one of these stories. And Justin, I, Justin and I have had the benefit of being able to map those stories out. And I hope you kind of see that like our, our, both of our stories are really about Christ's community and purpose. We don't just put it up there for Connect Church because we don't believe that, but because we really believe that Jesus draws you to himself and then he connects you to community and then into a greater purpose that you may not even see coming or if you're anything like me or Justin, you might not even want anything to do with it first. And then he pulls you to that direction anyway. And so... Um, we're thankful for that. We're thankful for how Jesus changes people's lives. 
And I believe that Jesus changes your life and that he has changed your life. And we've been talking about the importance of sharing stories. And so maybe I would encourage you to keep praying for your one person who doesn't know Jesus. Keep praying for them for opportunities to share your story. And maybe if you've never had the opportunity to share your story and you're kind of like, you know, Justin and Travis just shared theirs. I've never really shared mine before. I, I would really encourage you to sit down and write out the full unabridged version of your story. Like, don't spare the details. I'm not saying you have to share that with anybody, but for your benefit. Because I think you'll see a couple of things if you take the time to do that, take a couple hours. You're going to see the ways that the Lord put certain people in your life, put certain moments in your life for reasons that will start to make sense as you see dots connect across them. And maybe you don't have all the dots connected yet, but you'll see, you'll be encouraged by the ways that the ones that were already connected will be. And then that'll empower you to be able to share your story better when somebody comes up to you and asks you, why do you care so much about Jesus? So I would encourage you to look back, see your story, pray for your one person as you go out this week. You want to close us in some prayer? Yeah, Justin? that's awesome. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you. We thank you for this amazing opportunity that we got to have just to share our stories. And Lord, we ask and pray that these stories would just work in the hearts of everybody here. Lord, would you just provide uh, just an open door for us to be able to step through and, and, and be able just to tell our story. And Lord, I pray that as, as everyone here looks back on their life, that they can see where your faithfulness and your love are, are just evident. Lord, we just ask and pray that you would give us that one person, that one person that we uh, can mentor, that we can love, and that we can um, just tell about Jesus. Lord, we love you. And pray this on.